0: Welcome to Overtime Hockey Talk, my name is Mark Paul, my co-host Justin Baker joining me, and uh, recently fathered, is that the way you say it? <laughs>
1: is that the way you say it?
0: Recently fathered, recently became a father?
1: Yeah. So that's, congratulations, that's, Dad. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. It's wild, November 30th, We uh, the due date was actually Christmas Eve, so we, we got a little early surprise.
0: Yeah, you kind of dodged a bullet with having to do two things for Christmas.
1: Oh, Uh-oh.
0: I know. It is kind of well, nice. Yeah.
1: So, the the other great thing is um, my brother in law, his birthday is December 2nd. So, literally a couple days later. So, now every year I can basically, like,
0: He's going to a trumped.
1: Yeah, yeah. I can basically, sh- you know, shove it to him and just, ah, sorry, we're not doing anything for your birthday. Yeah. Yeah. No. We got your nephew.
0: No, yeah. Hey, first <laughs> birthday ever. I mean, you can come. We'll give, we'll toss you a gift. But, I mean, it's going to be all about, <laughs> but nobody wants to see you smash a cake. They don't want right, to see exactly. my little guy <laughs> smash a cake. So, uh, well, congratulations on uh, on becoming a dad. Welcome to the club, and yeah, thank you. Uh, yeah, we, uh, we, I mean, we are going to talk about hockey. We're going to jump into uh, a whole bunch of things going on. I think first and foremost, we'll uh, we'll talk about Patrick Kane, his first game as a Red Wing. Want to get your thoughts on that crazy freaking game with, I believe it was eight goals in eleven minutes. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and and like three goals in a minute, three goals in a couple minutes is an absolute madhouse of a game, but we'll, we'll talk about the game. We'll talk about Patrick Kane. Um, I think we should hit a little bit on Alex Ovechkin reaching a big milestone. We'll, uh, talk all injuries across the league. That is, uh, likely going to spur some trades amongst defensemen, uh, particularly Dougie Hamilton, who is look, looks like he's going to miss some serious time for the devils. That's a big giant hole in their defense, especially considering their poor start. Uh, I mean, Leafs are looking for defense. I think there's a lot of teams that really could use that extra top four defenseman. Uh, some more than others, but uh, we know there's there's teams out there looking. And uh, we'll we'll hit on anything else that we want to talk about too. So uh, stick around. We let's let's hit Patrick Kane first and foremost. His first game as a Red Wing. It's against the San Jose Sharks. And let me just get your. Did you watch the game?
1: I watched bits of part, it.
0: Yeah. Part of, okay. Yeah. How, how did you feel about Patrick Kane? I get, I get it. You, he just had a newborn, guys. So you can't like, you can't dump on him. I mean, he's got <laughs> <laughs> he's getting up every hour at this stage, so you gotta, you gotta take what you can get. Uh, what was it like seeing Patrick Kane in a Red Wings jersey?
1: Yeah, that one took me a minute, and I'm still not quite used to it. I mean, you know, for those who don't know, um, well, hopefully, if you're listening to the show, you know. But the Red Wings used to be in the West and had a, you know, long-standing rivalry with the Blackhawks when they were. You know in the early 2010s late you know 2000s when Yeah. They did were,
0: the did the red wings move to the east in after the lockout in 2013 yeah. is that when they moved to the east Yeah, is yeah, that pretty much is that wow that it doesn't seem that long ago it seems like they've been in the east longer but yeah I, I guess that that definitely is because they would play the blackhawks in the playoffs
1: yeah i would i do wish though that they would shuffle things around so we could have all original six teams in one conference but i digress
0: well that's uh that's that doesn't help anybody make money in the Western Conference.
1: <laughs> no, no, it doesn't. Yeah, so what are you gonna do? But um, yeah, it it'll take some getting used to. I mean, you know, Patrick Kane has always been a huge, uh, you know, I don't know if you want to call it he he, you know, right that rivalry that the Blackhawks had with Detroit for a while. Uh, you know, typically th- there was always seemingly every year like a a second round matchup with these teams until Detroit, you know, fizzled out a little bit after. After a bit, you know, after the the Zetterberg Gadzuk era, but um, yeah, for the for the Red Wings last night, I mean, it was it was great to see Kaner get out there and just get his legs going right. He didn't look like, you know, obviously he he still has to get up to speed, but it didn't look like he had been off and had a huge you know hip resurfacing surgery. Yeah, so he he, looked he, a little he bit, created
0: some offense when he was. Yeah, out he there.
1: looked a little bit more in in you know, not out of place as I thought he was going to look. Uh, rang one off game. the pipes. Yeah, yeah. He he had a good three, four good chances where I thought maybe he could put up a, a couple points there. But, um, you know, obviously things didn't work out. And so, um, you know, I, this is going to take time. I mean, the bottom line is, you know, regardless if he has that chemistry with the Brinket still there and they can rekindle that quicker than, you know, chemistry with other players on this team, it's still going to take time. Right. He's still got new defensemen, new systems all this stuff and you know he's pretty much moved around a couple teams the last you know last year and a half so um, yeah, it'll, yeah it'll be a little bit you know I, I suspect another week before we really start seeing him take off but in the meantime it was just nice to see him get out there not look out of place and, and be able to still move a little bit
0: yeah I I think probably the most surprising aspect of the way that Derek Lalone decided to play him was the 16 minutes and 33 seconds of ice time I thought that that was I was pretty high for a guy who's coming off of the surgery. And I, I mean, maybe on the, on the one hand you go, well, he hasn't played and he's decently fresh and the rest of the guys aren't, but I figured that he'd be more in the 12, 13 minute range, but, uh, gets, gets 16 minutes. I guess that's the, yeah, they're trying to get back into the game and, uh, you know, and maybe just trying to give him his legs. Maybe he said, Hey, I feel great. Look, get me, keep, keep putting me out there. Uh, but that was something that surprised me. Um, I mean, the game itself, my goodness, uh, a four nothing lead for the Red Wings after they score four goals in four minutes and thirty five seconds. Which I think three <laughs> three of those goals were in a um, what fifty seconds, something like that? Forty nine seconds. Gosh, uh, they were ridiculous. Just bang bang. And uh, then San Jose comes back, scores three goals in a minute and 44 seconds, and then notches another one before the end of the period ends and ties it up at four. Uh, and then they blow another lead after Larkin scores in the third, and Thomas Tomas Hurdle with 129 left in the third uh, manages to score again on uh, Husso, who I will say if there's anything that I, I kind of look back to, it's – and Husso just does not look great. And I'm surprised. Yeah. I'm surprised that he is having such a bad start to this year because he played so well in front of a bad team last year. And uh yeah, I mean, so far three six five goals against and an eight eight six save percentage. Just has not looked great. I mean, he's eight and four eight four and two. So he's winning, but it's generally because his team is putting up some big numbers in front of him.
1: Yeah, the Red Wings are the second highest scoring team in the NHL, so there's your big numbers, right? But um, you know, to me, I last night, I, I don't want to pin all on, you know, who, so I, I do think there were a lot of odd man rushes going back the other way, and of course, um, you know, the couple shorties to me were like the biggest, like, smack my head kind of things, where I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? Like, that's the stuff that drives coaches mad, especially, like, it's one thing to give up one shorthanded goal every once in a while, but when you give up two in a, in a game, especially on the same power play, it's like, seriously, what the fuck are we doing? Like... You think yes. after the first one they would tighten up a little bit, right? They wouldn't take as many chances, but uh boy, yeah. Um, so last night, not so much Huso's fault in my opinion, but still, I agree with you. I think his play this year overall has been pretty poor, and especially when you have Reimer, who's been playing pretty good, although he hasn't been getting any starts lately, and and Alex Lyon, who's been you know been great every game he's been in so far. Um, I'd be just rolling with those two guys as much of, as possible I'm, until uh, I am confused. Until they cool down.
0: I'm confused as to why Alex Lyon isn't getting more playing time. Like, I get you, you can't overload a guy, but he's only played five games. <laughs> like, it's not like he's, oh, all right, he's, you know, he's played 12 of the first 25 games, or but he's only played five games. And that's, uh, he's played fantastic in, them. <laughs> what, a 947 save percentage? I, I don't get it. I don't know what this mm-hmm. guy has to prove in order to be given a shot.
1: Yeah, I don't either. And and you look at it like, so I, I get it like San Jose coming in the last three games has been really hot. I think what they scored like 15 goals in their last three games. So they came in hot right against Detroit. So you knew they were going to bring bring a little bit. They were probably going to push. But this is a game that a team like Detroit, who's trying to get in the playoffs, has to win and, and not necessarily win easily, but it shouldn't be this close. Right. They shouldn't have to go to overtime with San Jose. It should have been over in regulation, especially after they got up four to nothing. Right. Those are those games where you look as a playoff team and you say, we have to win those, right? These are the games we can't lose. And this is the first time this season, obviously, we've had a, a team come back from four goal, a four-goal deficit to win. Um, so there's that if you're Detroit. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, just overall, I, I think, you know, I, I'd like to see Alex Lyon play a little bit more moving forward. And, and you know, maybe, maybe you know, Huso taking a little time off, playing once every, you know, four or five games and rotating Reimer and Lyon in there. Might be what he needs right now to, to get the crease back.
0: Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Uh, I mean, for the most part, Detroit is still kind of buzzing along. They haven't slowed down too much.
1: But Toronto's creeping up, though.
0: Toronto's creeping. I mean, yeah, they've got the two games in hand. But also, Toronto has just been smashed by injuries, uh, which we will get to talk about their defensive situation. On top of that, jo- Joseph Wall going down last night, uh, which – some suspect is a groin injury some suspect is a some kind of knee injury but it, Sheldon Keith after the game saying that he will miss some time but before we get into that I just wanted to to drop on Alex Ovechkin becoming the 12th fastest player to 1500 points 16th player all time to reach 1500 points uh, I'd say that there's you know to, to reach this milestone it's something that we very, very rarely see. You know, what in our adult life, I mean what we have we seen it like a, a few times. We've seen Crosby do it and like Joe Thornton has done it, but very few times has this happened. Uh, especially coming out of the nineties, the late nineties, early two thousands of just slog play where nobody could even get close to hundred points. Um, Now you're starting to see guys put up big numbers. I think, you know, obviously we'll see Connor McDavid hit these numbers, Leon Dreisaitl, but it'll be a while. Uh, What, what are your thoughts on Ovechkin hitting 1500 points?
1: I mean, it's, it's good for him, right? I I don't, I'm sure he's like most players were like, yeah, that's, that's really cool. And it's, it's awesome. But, you know, I I think right now it's, you know, with Ovi anyways, it's, you know, the goal scoring, right? That's where the focus is. But, um, you know, just from, I mean, like you said, he's the, the 16th person to ever do this. And that's just something that, again, you know, every generation they have their, you know, their superstars and guys that, you know, have the potential to hit these kind of numbers. And it's great to know that he's had the longevity, that he's, you know, been able to stay healthy and, and still be able to put up consistent numbers. And it's it's very rare you get to see Until any this kind year. Of player. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah.
0: Only but, five I mean, goals so far.
1: Right, and it's just great to be able to to witness this kind of greatness. Um, you know, again, I I grew up in an era where I, I started watching Joe Sakic, Steve Eijerman, I tail end of Mario Lemieux's career where, you know, I was I was watching these really, you know, these big name superstars uh, leave the game and you kind of wonder, okay, well, wh- where's the next group of superstars? And you know, we're kind of seeing the tail end of that with with the Crosby's, the, the Ovechkins, Malkins. Those guys now and so it's uh Yep. It's just it's the end of an era it kind of feels like Yeah, there
0: was there was a time there where it really felt like there was no superstar in the NHL. Mm-hmm. And everybody's kind of looking around like who's going to be the next guy cuz there isn't one right now. And you know, I and it's no knock on Joe Thornton, but I think he just like he wasn't that personality and he was more of a setup guy. Like he didn't score he didn't score very many goals at all. Uh you know, he's some season he's got 70 assists and 12 goals. And, and that's just not going to be the guy who's probably the face of the league. Um, then, of course, Crosby and Ovechkin come in, and the rest is history. I think I think Ovechkin recently said something like, uh, these young players just don't appreciate – like, Sidney and I saved the game. And, you know, they, they have no idea what we did for the game. And, like, the game is the way it is because of us. It's was like, well, that's bold, but it, I think it's probably true.
1: Yeah, no, it is. I mean, I remember back, you know, when they first came into the league, right, um, you know, they were coming out of the lockout era and there was all this, um, gosh, what's the word for it? Um, I don't know. They, they just, it, it wasn't the, the, the popular sport it is right now. And I, I know right. again, it's, it's not up there with football and, and, you know, baseball and that kind of stuff as far as viewers. But, um, I remember just sitting there watching those ESPN commercials with Ovechkin and Crosby. I don't know if you remember like the hotel one where they're, they're prank calling and ordering pizzas and all yes, that stuff. or yes where Ovi is a, a Russian spy in the, the file cabinet room of ESPN. Like, that's the kind of stuff that I miss in today's game that you want out of your superstars, right? You want your those guys to be funny, charismatic. You want them to be just kind of have a personality where, like, you know, other guys from other sports, they know who they are because of, one, their talent, but, two, just the personality, and they're guys that you want to see on TV every night.
0: Yep, 100% all right uh let's let's fly into all these injuries that uh, that we're starting to see across the league I mean this is about that time of year you know we're, we're getting close to Christmas and this is when teams actually start to consider you know what what are we moving what are we looking for they've had 25 30 games to evaluate their team and it's it's pretty clear that like many years defense is going to be at a premium because there are quite a few teams that are just missing that extra piece on defense. Some because of injury, some just because they didn't have the cap space to, to buy it over the offseason and they have to wait until the deadline. Um, let's start with Toronto. Outside of Chris Tanev, who we know that the Leafs have tried to acquire, uh, outside of Chris Tanev, is there anybody that you see fitting the Leafs need of that right shot D?
1: The right shot. Oh, that's uh, that's, that's, the that's what question. they're
0: that's what they're looking for is that right shot. D. Although I I gotta think that they would happily take two defensemen. Like that's how uh, shallow they are at defense. As they they need two defensemen probably going into the playoffs. Now, are both those defensemen going to be top four? Like legit top four players? I I am not sure that they have the assets to do it without giving up somebody that they really want to keep. Uh, but I mean, those, uh, that's, that's kind of what's out there is, you know, they, you need to have many defensemen available to you come playoff time. And I mean, they're just down to everybody's down, you know, Lilligren and, uh, and you've got, oh my gosh, Giordano is out and it just kind of keeps compounding on itself and they have just been destroyed with injuries. They're st- still very much in a playoff race and all that. I don't I don't think that it's going in that direction where you know they're just going to disappear from the playoffs, but uh it has been quite the quite the journey and and of course John Klingberg going down and he's out for the rest of the year after he's going to have some surgery. Sounds like some kind of hip surgery. And yeah, you're down 3 of your defensemen. This is just like last year. They did the same thing. I think it was like four starters were down last year. So they they've they've got to make Moves here, and I'd say relatively quickly. I, I don't know that they'll make a move before Christmas, but I got to think that sometime in January, you got to look at this and go, "We like we got to start moving to to build for the playoffs." Like sometimes bringing in a guy right at the deadline because it takes a month just to get associated with the team and get up get up the speed that you almost want to acquire that guy in January or February, so that they're a little more incorporated with what's going on.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. i mean they've got they've got some work to do right and uh like you, you talked about those right-handed defensemen though are are, are definitely going to be hard to come by um you know if toronto wants to go out and snag one boy they've got a they've got a tall task in front of them as far as uh finding the assets to do it
0: well and it's at, like you look at the standings and you go i mean who who is even selling right now the teams you expected to be sellers I mean, maybe the Red Wings – like, in the beginning of the year, I think we thought, you know, come trade deadline, the Wings are probably going to be uh, that, like, hybrid seller. Like, they'll get rid of a few guys maybe, but not not as it looks like right now. Same with the Flyers. Like, are the Flyers going to go and sell off all their UFAs? Probably not, sitting in the second seed in, uh, in the Atlantic Division. So, then you're scrolling down and you're looking at, like, it's – can, can we just talk about how the Ottawa Senators have only played 21 games and ahead of them, the Blue Jackets have played 28 games? <laughs> That's unbelievable. How do you get seven games behind the the next team? I and mean, there's there's multiple teams that have played 28 games. That is just madness. <laughs> only played 21. So, I mean, yeah, they're at the bottom of the standings. But, you know, if they win half of their games suddenly they're actually in they're they're like right there you know they 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 could still be in the hunt for the playoffs assuming that they win although they don't look too great but you wouldn't think right now Ottawa's going to be a seller like you, you look at them and you think well they, they're just they just have not played nearly as many games as everyone else let's see what they do with those games in hand but you got to think like Columbus are they going to be sellers got to think they're they're probably looking to move but move on from whom like uh, what? Def- they just brought in defensemen to try and shore this whole team up, and it hasn't really done much. But you know who who are you moving on the Columbus Blue Jackets right now from a defensive standpoint? You're not going to go and move Provorov. You're and nobody wants good Branson at four million bucks, not even two million bucks.
1: Nope. Nope.
0: So it's. It's a it's a messy market for teams that need defense. And all these teams that are bad, you know, I'd be looking at these really good teams going, why the hell would I help you? <laughs> why am I going to trade you this guy now? I'll just hang on to him for a little while, and his, his value will likely grow as we get to the playoffs or to the deadline.
1: Yeah, I, I think for, for Toronto, you know, a good idea might be to try to find a team that, you know, isn't necessarily looking to, like, for example, right, the Philadelphia Flyers, right? They're just in there, kind of. I, nobody expected them to be there, right? In the in the playoff mix this year, and so yeah, they've they've got some players that you know are going to be UFAs or guys that they've that have been on the trade block before. That you know, like you know, for example, we've you know, Kevin Hayes, right? He was on the trade block. It seemed like for the last few years, and he finally got dealt this offseason. Um, but you know, maybe try to make like a one for one swap where maybe you're trying to just you know, find a guy who needs just a change of scenery and that, you know, maybe Philadelphia is willing to take back, right? For, for example, um, you know, I know uh, the Flyers have been rumored to, to always want to move on from Ristolain, and even though they just signed him to a new contract extension. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, you know, again, that could be somebody that maybe, you know, Toronto might entertain and just throw somebody back the other way, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, Jake McCabe or TJ Brody or, you know, who knows, but, um, you know, try to move pieces, just shift money back and forth where maybe you just get a couple guys a, a fresh start somewhere else, right?
0: Yeah, I don't, it would be interesting about like TJ Brody, I think is a UFA at the end of the year or does he have two years right. left?
1: No, he's a UFA at the yeah. end of the year, but maybe you find another team. Like I mentioned that just wants to, wants to make a move, but because they're tied up with cap, you know, the, a, a large cap it, maybe you can say, okay, cool. Well, we'll take this defenseman off your hands. If you, you know, keep a third of the salary, we'll take him from you. Even though maybe he's playing on your third line, he's being overpaid. Like, I look at a guy like, yeah, you know, yeah. Ben Chirata at in Detroit, right, who I don't think is worth the 4000000 bucks, $4 plus million bucks plus million they're paying him, but, you know, maybe you find another team that's willing to take on, you know, three and a half and willing to take him back and, you know, send another guy another way, right? So yeah. now you can get Ben Chirata fresh start somewhere else. Or just, a, you know, I'd, I know Detroit's not going to move him, but that's just a, kind of an example is what I'm looking at, is a guy who maybe is on that second, third pairing that, you know, maybe could just use a change of scenery.
0: Yep, and that's, I mean, and that's a... Certainly, those are the guys who are likely to be moved. Are the the easy ones to move? It's it's the bigger salary ones, or the ones that have more than one year left on their deal. I did hear that um, Anthony D'Angelo is, or Tony D'Angelo, sorry, is uh, I guess they're the same person, Anthony Tony, whatever you want to call him, right? <laughs> uh, that he is on the trade market and he has been for about a month. Uh, it's he's he to me isn't the guy that a kind of guy that Toronto would want, but maybe he's the kind of guy that. New Jersey would want to replace not replace but to come in and eat some of the minutes that uh, Dougie Hamilton would have eaten I could see him or Tyson Berry who are both the uh, offensive kind of kind of guy you could drop them on your power play they'll contribute a little bit people like well people like Tyson Berry I don't know about Tony D'Angelo uh, but Tony D'Angelo has put up some big points you know what a, a couple years ago he had uh what fifty-one points in sixty-four games? So mm-hmm. uh, he's somebody who can put up big points for you. The Devils desperately need some offense. Just they need some things to uh, to kind of change and maybe bringing in one of those two guys could really help them out. I don't think he's the guy that the Leafs are looking for. The Leafs, uh, I would guess, are looking for somebody who uh, is actually going to fight back. And Tyson Berry's already been there once with Toronto and and with sheldon keith and it wasn't working and so i can't imagine that he's coming back to toronto so i I wouldn't think that that would be a a likely place for
1: him no but it's a good thought right i mean and if 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 i'm toronto right i mean obviously i'm taking a swing at noah hannafin seeing if i can get him to come on board um you know obviously if you can get him to come over at 4.9 or even less if Calgary's willing to keep something. I mean, obviously Noah Hannafin's going to cost you a lot already and they get them to keep salaries going to cost you even more. So maybe that's not in Toronto's ballpark, but, um, you know, maybe they go to another guy like a, a Justin Schultz in Seattle, who's a right-handed defenseman. He can come in and he's got a little offensive talent, but I think he's kind of, uh, developed the defensive side of his game since his days in Pittsburgh, a little bit better, uh, could be an option or maybe even, you know, Dimitri Kulikov in in Florida, who, Kind of seems a little bit more expendable as, you know, their defense gets a little healthier and they, they start to, you know, to click with their top guys and he loses minutes there. So maybe be, you know, a guy that they could look at. And, but, you know, again, I don't think in division is, you know, going to be uh, all that plausible if you want to right. I mean, but Right. The, you know, you know and
0: it, the problem with the Kraken is that you look at them and you go, I mean, are they really in a position to where they're going to want to deal guys? I I get they're not in the playoffs right now. They are six points out, but a couple of games in hand and you know it just doesn't seem like a team that should or would want to go backwards from where they were last year like such hype from last year and then to go oh actually oops it was kind of all just a just a a ploy you know it wasn't it wasn't as legit as it looked uh you know at that point are you trading Eberly? are you trading winberg are you trading uh pierre edward belmar or justin schultz like you said and i is this actually a team that should have like, they shouldn't have made the playoffs last year and they should have kept building, but they, you know, they had the right mix of players. They made the playoffs. Things look good. And it kind of reminds me of that New Jersey team with Taylor hall. When they made the playoffs, it was amazing. I think they got swept or lost in five games in the first round. And, uh, and then they just continued to miss the playoffs for the next like five years. And I wonder if that that's actually this team that like, they tricked us all last year and really they are on a playoff team and it's going to take another minute for them to kind of blossom into the team that they really will be.
1: Yeah. And maybe it, you know, maybe it's a situation too for like a team like Toronto, right? Maybe they are interested in a guy like Justin Schultz from Seattle. But again, like you mentioned, they're not ready to, you know, throw in the towel per se right now. So maybe you have to swing a three-way trade to get a team like, you know, maybe say Chicago, right? Maybe you know a, a guy like Connor Murphy would would fit in very very well he plays a really good defensive game um, doesn't bring a lot of offense to the table but ma- plays good defensive hard-nosed minutes maybe that's a guy that a team like you know Seattle could really use right now so maybe you kind of kind of you know throw that idea out there was a three-way trade to to get a guy like Schultz to come over to the, to the Toronto Maple Leafs yeah
0: yeah and he is a he is Uh, he's got three years or two years left on his deal after this year, Connor Murphy. Mm -hmm. Um, So that probably favors a team like Seattle. Toronto, it's probably too rich for what they're looking at with their cap down the road. Uh, But yeah, in a three-way trade, that could make a lot of sense. Something along those lines. Like It seems like these teams are going to have to get really creative to make happen what they want to happen.
1: Yep. Right, any, yep, or uh, maybe you go in, uh, maybe a guy like Matt Dumba, right, in Arizona. There's another guy I was thinking about the other day because yeah. he just hasn't fit in very well with Arizona, so his minutes just keep and you know, going it. down. Arizona's so
0: yeah, if you just jettison him somewhere else and acquire some, maybe a forward who can come in and, and make a difference for you, uh, that's not a bad ploy either for the Coyotes. Yeah. And, I mean, the Coyotes have zero defensemen signed after this year.
1: <laughs> zero <laughs>
0: well I'm sorry they have they have Shea Weber signed after this year <laughs> on LTIR
1: oh that's so rich I love it yeah,
0: their defense <laughs> only makes up 13.9 percent of their cap right now
1: yeah well that that'll change uh guys like Sean Dersey and JJ Moser are going to get some some nice little increases so um
0: yes yes they will yeah um all right uh let's you know there's a lot going on in the NHL from an injury standpoint, but at the same time, there's uh, tons happening from uh, you know guys that are having some fantastic years. Uh, I wanted to ask you before we jet out of here because there are some surprise teams. There's some surprise players. What players are you most excited to watch right now? Guys that you did not think were going to be players, and here they are. They're killing it, and you're excited to go and check out their team.
1: Boy, um, you know, I I got to still say I got to go with Vancouver right now. I've just been excited to watch them, um, you know, the way they've been playing. I mean, granted, they, they're not playing as hot as they were to start the season, but they've just been fun to watch for me. And, you know, especially because, you know, a lot of times, right, it, you, know, you talked about me not getting sleep right now, you know, with the baby, but a lot of times I'm up a little bit later than maybe I would be. And so getting to watch that team on the West Coast like Vancouver that is. Uh, just playing some some good hockey and, and has a lot of guys there that are just fun to watch like Quinn Hughes and JT Miller right now that, And that's it that they're so to...
0: fun to watch like their yeah. their games are entertaining Exactly 103 yeah, goals <laughs> so far which is uh you know hey Detroit sitting at 96 but 103 goals leads the league uh, who would have thought Vancouver would be the top offensive team in the NHL headed yeah, into Christmas? Yeah that's Wild Pretty pretty crazy. Uh, I I will say that the teams that I've really been kind of honing in on, uh, the Rangers have just been. I, like I'm usually a Ranger hater. I know you you love the Rangers generally. Like you always know, mm-hmm. like Shesterkin, You've always been a, a, big, a big New York guy. But and I they have just changed under Peter Laviolette. They are a much more fun team to watch. They're really good defensively uh, and. With Shisterkin, the way that they're playing this year, man, I they might be my favorite for the Stanley Cup so far. Oh, they are playing right. that well, and I, I and I think they're really set up nicely to uh, to do some damage because suddenly this Atlantic Division doesn't look that good, and the Rangers do. And I, I don't think that this is a well. The Rangers are kind of inflated because the teams below them haven't been playing as well on the contrary i like i think that the rangers have played really well against other teams in other divisions and and they're just kind of set up to do some damage because they've got what they've uh in in terms of cap space they have 5.7 million in cap space how many teams at the top of the league have have over five million dollars in cap space uh they are a terrifying team especially as you know uh, someone who is a fan of the Leafs, also in the Eastern Conference, a likely opponent later in the playoffs if both teams make it through. Uh, the Rangers would scare the hell out of me.
1: Yeah, I mean, Panarin's just playing at another level right now. He's been uh, so good to watch. And it's funny, when you, when you look at a guy like, for me, Vincent Trocek, right? He's playing so much better than he was last year, and it just it shows you a, a difference that a guy like Peter Laviolette has come in and done. And Alex Lafreniere, he just looks like he's finally starting to click a little bit and finally starting to be something like that number one pick that he was touted to be uh, that super exciting. And and they're doing this, too, with guys like Adam Fox going down for, for long periods of time. Right, right. And, you know, Filipinos out. So, um, you know, imagine being healthy all year, you know, the whole entire year, all 24 games what this ranger team could actually be right now
0: yeah i think you know lafreniere the way that he's playing this year you know what he's on pace for uh 60 points or so uh 30 goals i think you're more than happy with that if you're the rangers like i mean i think that when you draft a guy first overall you're hoping that he's a hundred point guy you know you're looking at jack hughes you're looking at well it's almost not fair to say bedard or mcdavid because they're just such otherworldly talents but uh you look at the impact that uh, even like nico heacher to some extent like at least he makes a consistent positive impact on his team he's well liked and not that well not well liked but Um, He sure has become a crucial uh, person in that Devils organization. And Lafreniere just hadn't done that up until this year. But then you look at it and you go, I mean, he's only 22. And you think about who you were when you were 22. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: (laughs) Most people are like, and then you think, well, at 21, 20, and uh, and then all the things that he had to uh, probably affected his development, much like a Quinton Byfield, who is also having a great start to the year. Uh, was affected by all the COVID stuff and all the the strange happenings in, throughout the league during that time period of about you know whatever two, two years worth. Um, that development just was not there, and so I think we're kind of seeing now what both these players could become. Were they they were yeah. both drafted in the same year, right? Am I? Was that the one two?
1: Quentin Byfield. Oh Byfield? no no no. Uh, Byfield I think was number three. I think, but
0: oh oh well. I was close
1: <laughs> yeah but I mean regardless But right? same, same draft
0: still... was that the same draft
1: uh, Then I don't uh, remember Wait, yes that's, that's no no he
0: was number two you bastard okay. trying to tell me I'm wrong Gosh.
1: okay number I'm three
0: number three in that draft was Tim Stutzla number four Lucas Raymond and number five Jake Sanderson
1: yep 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 okay it's coming back to me now so
0: all right well Justin I'll let you get back to your baby and your wife enjoy that uh, that time and uh to our listeners thanks for being here thank you for uh for for putting up with us as we we get through this uh this interesting time in in well in justin's life but uh it's just craziness going on but we we love you guys thanks for listening and we'll talk to you guys soon